welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 13 of the Unweaving Pain podcast. As always, this is not a substitute for medical advice. So please, please consult with someone if you need that. <laughs> All right. Whew. There has been just a lot happening in my personal life. Um, and I know I shared some last week and and I'm I'm not going to share any details right now um because it's still unprocessed and I'm not I don't think sharing unprocessed things is very helpful. But what I do want to share about it and the reason I'm even bringing it up is is really again just to hopefully help drive in the point that this work that I teach is something one that I use myself every single day and that serves me every single day and that makes my life better every single day and can be hard as fuck sometimes. Sometimes. So I think last time I shared that I was like having some pretty rough stuff. <laughs> that was like nothing. Um, I have I've hit a new layer in my own healing journey and it has been honestly, immensely painful. And and I really, again, want to bring this forward because I think so often we hear the message of like, oh, healing, love and light. It's amazing. And um, it is, it's, it is amazing. And, and I am so immensely grateful that I have this capacity to be able to even like work with myself. And I, and I, do work with a coach as well. Please like let me be clear on that. I do not do this all myself, but a lot of it I am able to navigate on my own. It's it's so nice not I remember being in a state where it's like I had to when's my next session? When's my next session? And and being able to implement these tools on my own and I'm going to be sharing one of the base tools that I use today. Okay. So, so let me start with that. Skipped over that point. Sorry. We will be sharing a base tool I'm using and referring to right now today. Um, is just, it's so empowering. It's so empowering knowing that I, it's, I, while I always need help going deeper and, and I truly think that is just what it is. Like we just are too close to ourselves to like sometimes go deeper on our own. I don't feel lost between sessions. And, and if you are a client of mine, um, you already know this, if not, then know that something that my, one of my biggest aims with my clients is to have them have a level of deep understanding of this work that they are not reliant on me to process and go through these level stages of like healing with me only. I, I do not, that makes me very uncomfortable <laughs> to have that reliancy there. Um, I don't think it's, empowering and I know I can help them them go deeper levels and keep learning more and how to integrate them this on their own. I mean that's what I do with them. And I love doing. And to me like there is nothing more that like puts a bigger smile on my face when I get that like boxer message because I um offer unlimited support to my clients in between sessions, by the way. They have unlimited support via Voxer to like be like, I am trying to process this on my own and I'm stuck here. 
um, of when they message me and are like, so this came up and, and I'm like already in my head, like, okay, I'm going to help them through. And then they just tell me what they did and they made it through themselves and they didn't need me at all. They were just sharing. And I'm like, Oh my God. And it like, I, I can't even tell you how happy that makes me because that's my goal. That is so my goal. Anyways, what I want to get at too, is that sometimes the, this healing journey is painful is so painful and it's and it's that the pain is so different than a physical pain this is like an emotional pain and i think oftentimes for myself my clients is that sometimes it's our physical pain that is actually protecting us from ever touching into this emotional side of things because when we don't have the tools or the capacity and and the understanding it's it makes complete sense of why people, and even like I had this moment of this this week of like, why would I go into this? Like, I don't even want to look at this. This is so deep and painful. And since I'm a little bit now on the other side of that, it's like, oh yeah, it's so, it's so worth it. Oh my gosh. Because ultimately when we're resisting that pain, the emotional pain, well, physical pain too, but the emotional pain is what I'm referring to right now. It's even if we are able to create such a wall of numbing, dissociation, distraction, it's there. And it creates pain and suffering in other ways in our life. And often in ways that are just with us, sometimes at like this like very low level, base level, all day long and always there or con- consistently coming up. Um, so when you can actually look the emotional pain that's causing it right in the face um it clears that and then you just it's almost like you're experiencing all the pain at once honestly is the way I look at it so I don't know maybe this is really dark and you're like wow why would I ever want to do this and eh, I understand and if you are like I'm actually intrigued well this is exactly what I explore on a very very deep level with my clients and clearly myself Um, And I just kind of had this really, I mean, honestly, beautiful, just awareness and reminder of how tough this work is at times. Um, And that it's not that what, what improves hugely is, is our capacity and our awareness and our understanding to, to look at the pain is not that the pain goes away. The emotional pain, again, that I'm talking about here. Um, And that reminder is just so important for myself and something, you know, for my clients that the goal isn't to fix this. The goal is not to not feel discomfort emotionally (laughs) or to be like, oh, I just need to cure, you know, fix this thing, quote unquote. And then I'm just going to live happily ever after. Like, no, that's called severe numbing and dissociation and like love and light and toxic positivity, (laughs) which is not helpful. Uh, because if you think that's what this journey is about, and if you think that's the goal, well, one, you've set yourself up for failure because that's completely unrealistic. And again, like living in honestly a little bit of la la land, like I don't know how else to say that nicer. Like that's not how life works. Like life is having emotions. Life is being able to experience all of it. 
because when we limit our discomfort and like the anger, the the sadness, the grief, and and these those uncomfortable um, emotions, when we numb those and have find a way to make those smaller and try to make those not as present, we are simultaneously numbing from the other side as well. You cannot have both. What you are doing is like, and I wish you could see my hands here. It's like you're narrowing your range of motion, your emotional range of motion. So if you have numbed anger, pain, like emotional pain, grief, discomfort, you have also numbed joy, happiness, ecstasy, bliss, contentment, and all those wonderful positive emotions we all want. Like it goes in in both directions. You can't just not have one side, but experience the full capacity of the other side. Um, and, and that might be something just, I mean, take, take a moment to notice if, you know, you're like, well, I don't feel anger and sadness and grief because I've, you know, do all these amazing things to not feel them. Well, chances are you're also not fully feeling into the other side of things. And, and that's where I lived for a really long time. Just again, there's like no shame in that, or I'm not saying anything's bad about that. I think that's what a lot of the, at least for me, when I was on my initial path, that's where it drove me is, is like a, just a numbing of both sides. Um, which to be fair, it served me for some time. And then I realized it just wasn't what I wanted. So yeah. All right. Whew. Getting into things. I'm sorry that was vague and not again. Hopefully that was helpful to hear. <laughs> All right. So today we are diving into the really base core process of somatic work. And I want to touch on a little bit of what somatic work is first. And then I'm going to explain why I um, use somatic work, um, get, get, get a little nerdy about it again. Um, I think a lot of listeners and, you know, like my wonderful, high achieving, very analytical, highly intelligent women um, who tend to listen to this. And even if you don't completely, um, what's the word? I'm losing my words. If you don't, you know, oh my gosh, <laughs> words are hard right now associate, that's not the word, but hopefully you know what I mean, associate with that, um, those list of things that I just rambled off. That's totally cool. Please keep listening. If you don't like the nerdy stuff, you can just skip over this. Um, and then we will get into the deep stuff. Um, but I think it's really helpful to understand like why you're doing something. Um, I think sometimes a lot of somatic work, um, a lot of practitioners in it, they're really highly um, intuitive, energetic, um, and, I, and I love that side of things. However, I think when you're analytical and you're like, but I want to know why, <laughs> it can sometimes be tough to um, connect into that work. So one, it's actually backed in science. Um, so let's make that clear. And there is an intuitive, energetic side that I love getting into myself. And I also love explaining why it works. So super like basic definition, like Google definition here, or, you know, what I Googled it, it's um, somatic therapy is a form of body centered therapy that looks at the connection of mind and body. Um, and it uses both psychotherapy and physical therapies for holistic healing. So that is what Google says. And um, really at the base of it, it is about tapping into the nervous system. And really getting to know our nervous systems and 
really in a in a way and maybe people will love it actually I was like hesitant to say it this way but I'm gonna say it this way because I think my women will love this is it's a way of getting control of your nervous system so all my women out there who love to have control there you go somatic work is gonna help you do that over your nervous system in a very healthy way um so really what therapists and researchers have found over many many years of working with mental health is that staying in the mind with thoughts like really like head-based analytical logical talk therapy type of techniques there is there becomes a limited benefit to it in really healing these deeper core things. Not that there's not benefit to it. There of course is. There is limited benefit though. There are parts that it will not help. And chances are the way to know that is have you like, literally it's, it's as simple as if you could talk something out, like I'm sure we all have that moment of like, oh my God, there's this problem in my life. I need to talk it out and you talk it out and you, and you talk it out from a very logical sense. And you're like, Oh wow, my thinking was flawed. And you like kind of correct that thinking or or take on a new thought. And then everything just feels better. Like awesome. Like that's kind of talk therapy right there. That's a logical thinking that was all like in your brain and you felt better. Like, and like the problem that might be gone. Right. Perfect. Like those are the times it works. Like when it works, it just works. Like there's no really like, does it work or not? I don't know. Just talk it out. If you feel better and like, then the problem doesn't come back, then, then like talking it out worked. Okay. So it's like, it's as simple as that. You don't need to get too complicated about it. Now though, when you've been talking about the same thing or the same pattern that keeps coming up and coming up and you have talked it out and continue to talk it out and keep like landing. This is like a really common thing is you keep coming to the same like aha conclusion of like, oh, that's the issue. And then you're like, oh, I feel better like momentarily. And then like it happens the next week again. And you're like, oh yeah, blah, blah. Chances are there's something deeper in the nervous system that just keeps repeating the pattern. And you can talk about this endlessly and it's never, like you're just gonna keep repeating the pattern. Um, so this is where somatic work comes in. And one of my favorite studies or, yeah, I'm I'm not going to reference it right now because I actually, this is a study I heard about. Um, so I'll give that disclaimer if I don't know the complete details of this study. Um, I'll look it up one day, but it's from the seventies. So sometimes it's just hard to find, um, the source is they kind of discovered, oh, like, Hey, they're getting into some of this mind-body connection of like actual like expression of emotion and like seeing where that was helpful for some people. So they're like, cool, like let's take, let's run with this. All right, people with anger issue, let's just make them beat the shit out of things and let out their anger. And then like, they won't have anger issues anymore. Like it was a really good line of thinking here. So they like develop these like super like tough bags and these like baton things that like their clients come in and just like beat the shit out of these bags while like screaming and yelling and expressing their anger about whatever it is they were dealing with. And they're like, this is going to be amazing and didn't work. And they're like, what the hell? So what they discovered, because it worked for some people, not for everybody, is what was happening was that many people, and I'm sure you can... Uh, relate to this on some levels, maybe not beating the shit out of something. I mean, maybe, maybe I don't know what you do in your free time, but 
<laughs> when expressing emotion, what typically happens is that we start expressing from an embodied place in that worker. We're feeling that emotion in the body. And then as we express, it just becomes very dissociated out. There's no more connection in with the body. And it's like when you're venting, it's like you it's like you're just up in your head, like screaming, yelling about something. And there's there's no connection to the the initial emotion anymore. And oftentimes it's like it can feel like a release and it can feel good, but then sometimes it's almost like you feel and this doesn't always have to be the experience, but it's like you almost like after you vented that you almost feel worse and like you need to vent more. Like it's not gone. You want to go find someone else to vent to now. Like it almost feels like a never ending like release. There was no like relief of that tension in your body. Um, or if it is, that's again, it's very momentary. Um, so that's what was happening is people were basically dissociating out from their bodies and then having this massive expression. And Honestly, I do think time, if you do that over and over and over, I do think there is some, there, there can create, it can create some unhealthy neural pathways. Uh, chances are just some dissociation here and there, clearly super normal, not harmful. Um, but it wasn't helpful. It was a big expression, which takes a massive amount of energy. You probably are exhausted afterwards and there's no freaking benefit to it. Or there's like very, very little, or even again, sometimes it's, not beneficial at all and it could be a little harmful. Um, so in investigating what was going on, they realized it's it's the embodiment that matters. It's the staying connected in your body while expressing and processing the emotion that happens. So when they had people express the anger by kind of beating these bags again, but staying in body, which meant that, that the practitioners were, were pulling them, like they were giving them direction and kind of asking like, where are you feeling that in your body? Like what's coming up? Like where, like they were keeping them through guidance in their body, staying connected with like the root of that emotion. It relieved much more tension. It was much more helpful. There was a lot of emotional processing that created a lot of benefit. So well, I don't think that was like the birth of somatic work. I'm sure somatic, somatic work was like way before then too. That was one of like the cool studies that really showed how somatic work works. And there is a ton of, of research on somatic work, with especially with things like PTSD. Um, so it is incredibly research-backed. Now, the challenge with somatic work, where I think it doesn't have like as... Uh, much of a hold like or it's not as common as I would love it to be is I think it's pretty challenging um at times it's challenging for the practitioner it's challenging for the person um there's so much oftentimes like from a societal collective energy that blocks it <laughs> that it's really easy to come out of it there's a lot of like the practitioner in, in doing somatic work has to be very grounded in themselves. So like in my sessions with my clients, um, this is why I only take on limited clients is, is it requires like an immense amount of energy. Like it doesn't, somatic work is not super great for the insurance based. Let's whip as many people through sessions as possible type of thing. So I think that's 
where sometimes some of the barrier is, even though we know it works. But that's my opinion. I don't know if that's actually really true. So anyways, point is here, it works. So now, again, for analytical people, why does it work? Well, one of the big things it's doing is when the body is having that, like, again, we've talked about the word trigger here, that triggered response where you are feeling that, like, huge, immense, emotional, uncomfortable reaction. Like, your body is like, Like, whether it's because you read a post on Facebook because someone is like, hey, can you help me with that thing? And you're, like, completely over capacity. And you're like, oh, my God, (laughs) like, one more thing. And it's it's almost like that reaction that when you look back on, you're like, wow, that was, like, kind of, you know, disproportional to the thing that created that reaction. But in the moment, there is none of that. There is, like, no sense of that. It feels very appropriate, you know, and you're just incredibly triggered. Like, how dare that person? (laughs) Great. So that, like, triggered response. When that is elicited in the body, you are sending your body into a fight or flight response. Okay, like that is what is happening in the body. And and then that can also lead into a fawn or freeze response, which is kind of an expansion of fight or flight. Not going to go into those right now. So, but the point is, is there is a hormonal, very primitive, protective response that happens in the nervous system that is similar to as if you were being eaten by a bear. Now, we talk a lot more about that response um, in some of the earlier episodes when I'm talking about like the top-down pain um, one. So you can always look into that if you are a new listener. So we need to first understand that that's what's happening. Our body literally is taking whatever it is and and responding hormonally, physiologically, as if there was a life-threatening threat. Okay, so first, let's give that lots of space and compassion because our bodies are going through a lot in that moment, even if we can be like, oh, well, this seems really stupid. Why am I, you know, having this huge emotional response to the fact that, like, I spilled a drop of water? on my shirt or something, you know, but that's what's happening. Like in that moment, the drop of water on your shirt that is creating a giant emotional reaction, your body is like, I'm being eaten by a bear right now. I'm going to die. So lots of space and compassion for that. We can like laugh at a little bit, but like lots of space and compassion and grace. So in that moment, when we can start embodying that and noticing what is happening in our bodies in this process that I'm going to explain, what it's doing is actually creating a lot more, taking it from the abstract, almost like assumption of of I'm being eaten by a bear and putting a lot more concreteness to it of like helping the body understand that what it is perceiving as this life-threatening threat maybe might not be. <laughs> and it's doing it in a way, again, we'll discuss that in a second, that one is actually, once you get the hang of it, fairly easy to do. Um, and it just brings a lot of calming to the nervous system because it's like, oh, it's just that. <laughs> I'm not getting actively killed right now, or I'm not going to be killed. Um, so that's what it is doing. And it does it in ways that some other processes can't. So I'm going to give the example of breath work right now. Um, Sometimes breath work can. Sometimes if you're just like, okay, just breathe. 
you can, you like, and you're, again, this is a great example of like when breathwork works, it works, like do it. It's incredibly beneficial. And there's times where it does not work. (laughs) And you'll notice that because if you try it, you know if it works or not. (laughs) Try to take a few deep breaths in that scenario. If it works, awesome. And then even if it does work, you can go into this anyways. And I highly recommend going into this anyways. Um, But sometimes you're just out of time for that. That's cool too. But if you have ever tried to breathe or someone has told you to calm down and breathe in those scenarios and you get more intensely emotional and reactive, that is because your body is like, why the fuck are you trying to calm down when you are getting eaten by a bear? Like, why would you do that? So your body is like, fuck no, I'm not going to calm down. And I'm actually going to like, let's throw some fire and fuel onto this reaction because you're insane and you're not seeing the threat here. So I'm going to make sure you're feeling the threat here. All right. So hopefully y'all can relate to that. I mean, not hopefully you can relate to that, but I think I'm sure most people can of like the calming down stuff does not work in some of these scenarios. Because your body is like, no, absolutely not. Calming down is not the answer to do when you're being eaten by a bear. So what do we do? One, I want to actually, I'm going to actually, we're going to give a quick precursor just because I brought up this, this huge emotional reaction. Sometimes what you even need to do before the thing that I talk about is to just like shake it off or have some emotional release of like, and like shake and scream. Like if you can, or even if you're internally screaming or screaming into a pillow of like, just like a discharge of that, like excess energy. If you're feeling like your body is like buzzing and about to like blow up, like get up and move around first. Okay. Um, cause you might need that before you can even do the next step. And again, you'll know, because if you try to do the next step without that, and you just keep running into this like super uncomfortable, like body response, well, there you go. There's your answer. Okay. So that might be the first step. Now, what we're going to get into now is, is really just, again, the deep core of somatic work of how to get into your body and then like what to do, like what, what's the, what is the step-by-step process to do of once you're in your body? So and I'm going to give, I'm sorry, this is where I'm just going to give one more disclaimer. There, it is incredibly common that getting into your body may not feel safe. Okay. So if you, I'm not going to talk about that right now, but if you are trying to do this work and you cannot, and you are feeling a huge amount of resistance and barriers and like, don't feel it or have no idea what I'm talking about, or like, you know, I can't even get into my body. Super common. You are not alone. And I'm not going to cover that in this episode. Um, reach out um, for sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if a podcast episode can do that justice, like truly. And I don't mean that in any like something's wrong with you way. I had the exact same experience. Um, but I think anyways, just reach out. Let me know what's happening. And I'll try to give you a little more personal response. That's really what I'm getting at here. Um, I'm not going to promise a podcast episode, but maybe I will. I'll have to think about that. Um, all right. So assuming you can touch into your body. And one more thing, I'm going to be using a lot of the language. I think a lot of this language is pretty similar in most somatic work, but my mentors um, are Dr. Valerie Rain and Jeffrey Tambor. Um, 
then Dr. Valerie Rain's the writer of Patriarchy Stress Disorder. So I'm using their languaging. So just to give them a little credit for that. So first is what we want to talk about is a little bit of language of sensation here. So LOS for short. And that is how we're going to connect into our body. So again, this is what makes the abstract into the concrete. Because when we're relating into to a feeling in the body, when we're going into our body, we're going to just start feeling things, okay? Even just notice right now, like, okay, just taking a breath, if you're able to. Again, if not, do a little discharge. But taking a breath, and as you feel into your body, there's just going to be these kind of abstract feelings. And we want to try to make them as concrete as you can. Now, there are no rules to this. Um, I'm going to describe it from a little bit more of a visual perspective. And some people are very just like feeling based. Like you, when I say visual, you don't actually have, have to be seeing this in your head. It might be just like a deep knowing. And this is how I tend to experience things. It's a deep knowing of what the vision would be if you could see it, if that makes sense. So like, I don't see super vivid things, but I can like describe things very vividly. That is my process. That may not be yours. Um, everyone processes things a little differently. Um, visual, I think that does tend to be one of the more common ones. Some people are very auditory. Um, again, some people, it just really might be a feeling. Um, some people actually can smell things, you know, so whatever senses are coming up are, are perfect for you. Okay. So any adjectives, think about it that way. Any adjectives you can give this sensation is going to be helpful here because that starts to make it concrete. So as you check in, let's say you're like, okay, there is a sensation. There is something happening in my chest. And if it's pain, you're, if you are feeling physical pain right now, you absolutely can do this with physical pain as well. Okay. So you're going to tap into that kind of checking in, assuming you can get into your body here and start to give it some adjectives. Now, in order to do that, that means we are first acknowledging that it's even there in the first place, right? Oftentimes, you can just like want to look away. So the first step really is acknowledging it, okay? I mean, we have to do that to start to give it language of sensation. You cannot work with it if you're not willing to acknowledge it exists. Um, so those kind of go hand in hand. Once you've acknowledged it now, again, tapping in. Like, what is the color? What's the size of it? What's the shape? What's the texture? Is there a sound that goes on it? Is there a voice? Is it heavy? Is it light? Could you put your hand through it? Is it outside your body? Is it inside your body? If you actually gave it space, how much space would it take up? Like, really starting to get clear on that. Is it like thick, thin, see-through, gaseous, dense like lead? Like, again... Whatever you can use to describe it, awesome. And if there's just a vague sense of like, well, it's some like reddish blob there and that's all I got, cool. And even if it's a blob, it's like, okay, well, where are its boundaries? You know, like just anything you can kind of grab onto to make it more concrete is going to be helpful. All right, so as you're doing that, first up again is that acknowledgement, which is going to allow for that language of sensation. And the next thing is, 
once we're bringing awareness to here, and again, this all kind of will blend together, you'll notice in steps, it's not like a clear one, two, three, is really allowing for it and sitting with it. And that is often the part that is incredibly tough and where people want to stop and look away. And, and I want to say is if you want to stop and look away, that is okay. You have full permission to stop, open your eyes, look around, be like, I'm still safe in my room. Like we're still cool here. And then go back to it. You do not need to just sit with it. If it feels so incredibly uncomfortable. No, we want to build safety around this process. You are allowed to stop anytime you want. Okay. So then you're allowing for it. Okay. And as you allow for it, especially let's say you're doing it with a physical pain that's been there, you might experience a lot of other emotions that start to come up towards it. Now it might be a resistance to even allowing it. It might be a fear of it. It could be anger towards it. You know, it could be grief towards it. So if there's that layer coming up where you're like, I can't allow for it because now I'm feeling this other emotion, beautiful. Allow for then that other emotion first. Okay, so let's say again, you're starting to create like, okay, my back pain is red and thick and the boundaries are very square and linear, whatever. I'm just totally making things up right now, okay, right? And then as you're doing that, you're like, oh, and I'm so angry about it. Like, I can't even now see it. Like, ah, that's all coming up. Then pause with describing the back pain and go to allow the anger and check in where does that anger live? Where is that in the body? Because it's probably somewhere else than your back pain. And use your language of sensation there first. All right. And you might be like, okay, my anger is in my chest and it's fiery and it's this. And, and so, and, and, and allow, and then you're going to see, can you acknowledge and allow for that? Can you sit with that anger? And as for whatever we're allowing, whatever you can allow is you are giving it as much space as it needs and checking in with almost like how much space does it need? Does it want to like grow out of my chest? Does it want to take up the whole room, the whole universe, the whole, you know, my whole city, like just check in, like allow it to grow. And remembering again, you can stop anytime you want. You can open your eyes and be like, okay, I'm going to pause. All right. Now, as we're doing this, can we have so much validation and empathy for this? Of Like, of course I'm feeling this anger towards this pain. Of course this is here. And having so much compassion for that. Um, and again, this can be challenging. And I want to, like, with this base tool that I'm presenting there can be a lot of resistance and barriers within using it. And with a lot of my clients, we are working through those together. Um, so just know that it's okay. And even just practicing a little bit, building safety, and maybe even starting with, um, sorry, no, I'm getting a little sidetracked here, but starting with something small. Like I actually, for a lot of my clients, do not start with their physical pain that they've, they're struggling with because that's just like pulling out the most advanced thing, right? So so if you're running into issues and like, I can't do this process, like start with something really 
small and just like again sitting and being like okay I feel like a little wiggle in my shoulder like what's that about and like can you just get curious about there even if there's like no like like there doesn't need to be any deep meaning there (laughs) like just can you can you sit with it so just again start small I'm gonna giving more extreme examples and that might be a little bit more advanced so uh the goal which when I say goal is it's not it is not, it is not a failure if you cannot do it right away. This is like long-term goal, takes practice and work to get your goal, okay? Is to be able to sit with whatever is coming up, which again, to do that might have tons of layers and allowing within itself to get there. Um, and then what we wanna do when we can fully allow is actually really appreciate what's here. Bringing some, again, a lot of compassion and and appreciation at its most basic form, I think it's most helpful is appreciation that this means that you're human and this is part of the human experience. And can you just like appreciate that this is part of the human experience? You don't have to have any appreciation past that for right now. Um, And again, knowing that this can be incredibly challenging. So no worries if you can't do that. Totally fine. It might take some time to build that. Um, so then when we can come, and again, this this can all, this can be a fluid practice. It does not need to happen in these exact orders. But when you can be kind of in this place of allowing and appreciating, that's when we can kind of get curious about it. And, and sometimes we might need to get curious before we can be in full appreciation because you did sit here and ask, like, what are you protecting me from? Like, why are you here? And you might get an answer. And it might be that answer that allows the appreciation. Um, so again, there's no like perfect order here, but those are the basic steps, okay? Is acknowledging, allowing, and appreciating. Triple A, 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 A. Acknowledge, allow, appreciate. Um, And then within that, getting curious. And with that getting curious, you can ask one of my favorite questions is how much of this is truly authentically created by me? How much of this is truly created authentically by me? And you can add a layer to that if if it feels right. And is serving me today. And and you might get a really clear answer here, or you might not. And you might be like, yeah, all of it's mine. Cool. Sometimes all of it is ours. And you might be like, actually, none of it's fucking mine. I don't know whose it is, but it's not mine. (laughs) And that's actually really common as well. Or it might be like 50-50, 70-30, whatever. Then there is no right answer here, okay? It's just asking that. And then you can also ask how much of this is like truly true, like really how much of this is even true? And notice as you do that, you know, this might not always happen, but a lot of times just in asking those questions, there will be things that just dissolve away. You're really being embodied, really allowing your true wisdom, authentic wisdom to guide this practice. Many times that can start to dissolve some of the layers away. These are not things for you to logically answer um, when we're getting curious or if you're asking like, what are you protecting me from? Um, 
Or you can, if you don't know what to ask, just be like, what do I need to know? We don't need to get logical. Just sit back and notice what happens. Okay. Now, as we're asking these questions, I always love to give the disclaimer of just because you hear an answer doesn't mean you need to do what that voice says and doesn't mean that voice is helpful. All right. And you'll know, you'll know right away if the answer feels fucking horrible and like, a, well, this just feels really like dark and untrue and not empowering, like that type of unhelpful of like, I'm protecting you because you suck and are a complete piece of shit. That's the voice I used to get a lot. Um, then like, that's not an authentic voice. Okay. But it's like, oh, that's super curious that this voice is here. Right. So just be aware. You, if you are feeling into this, often you will feel the difference. Again, if you don't, if you need troubleshooting, please reach out. This is this is where somatic work can be really challenging to explain over a podcast. And I'm doing my best. Um, so I'm one, I'm curious what comes up as as this is happening, what what you know barriers you hit. And again, knowing that in my work with people, I go way more in depth and everything is very, very personalized to what is coming up for you because about a thousand different things can come up and we might go a thousand different ways depending on the person. And there's no way I can uh, cover all of those. Um, but you can learn kind of which route to take as you as you do this work. So just noticing any shifts in your body as you're asking this question. And again, knowing if something isn't feeling right, if it, um, yeah, if it doesn't feel right, just knowing you can always step back and like just reopen your eyes and like take a pause from it, okay? If you're not sure what to do. And then again, that's where you just reach out and I can hopefully help guide you through it a little bit. And um, yeah, with this process though, this is now something that I can refer back to because it comes up in a lot of other places that we'll go into for healing pain. Like every, like this is kind of the base process and there's everything else is like offshoots of it and can get really, really like deep layered offshoots and they're super fun to work with. Um, and, and you, and this is like the base skill and this is applicable for physical pain, for emotional pain, for basically any area of your life. If you can do this, then when you start learning about anything else, like you can apply this, which may now is not probably that that might sound super vague and not helpful right now, but, um, it's true. And just trust me on that. That can be a whole nother podcast episode, maybe later on. <laughs> All right. So please, this is my first attempt at explaining this process, not having someone's feedback as I go along again, as I, when I'm normally, when I'm explaining this to clients, um, I, I have their immediate feedback and can troubleshoot. So I am curious how this lands. If this lands really well and, uh, and like was really helpful, please let me know because I want to know if this is like possible to explain in this way. If you're like, what the fuck? This wasn't helpful at all and now I feel worse. Please let me know because I really want to know that too. Um, and, and if I get enough of those, I might take this episode down, I guess. I don't know. Anyways, please let me know your feedback. I am doing this to serve you truly. And so your feedback means so, so much to me. Um, I've gotten some messages um, from some of you all, and I just really cannot tell you how much it means to me. 
um, to know that there are people listening and benefiting from this work. And that is my goal as I want to empower as many people as I can. So um, let me know how I can help serve you even more. Um, so again, thank you so much for listening. You can always find me at Dr. Andrea Moore on Instagram or www.drandreamore.com. That's D-R, not doctor spelled out. And um, from my website, you can contact me um, as well and just kind of use that contact form and shoot me an email. Honestly, Instagram DMing me is probably the easiest way to get a hold of me, and I will probably respond the fastest that way. All right. Thank you again for listening in. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please share it with any friends um, or give me a review on whatever, Spotify, iTunes, whatever you have. All right. Thank you all for listening.